0: Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the show. This is Missing the Point with Miles David, and I am your host. Thank you for tuning back in. If this is your first time listening, like I always say, welcome. If you are a returning listener, then welcome back on to the show. And thank you for joining me in another episode of Missing the Point with Miles David. Today, we have a really, really fun episode for you guys. I don't know why I say we, but I guess it's like a collaborative effort with me, the podcast host, editor and everything else and you the listener so it's a we we is a better term to use (laughs) anywho we have a really good episode today we are recapping everything that happened at the washington dc atp tournament that just wrapped up congratulations to the champion and finalists stay tuned so you can figure out who those people are a really really great tournament that featured really really good names and -and up-and-coming names so that was a really really good week of tennis and also Simultaneously across the country in San Jose, California, we are talking about um, the tournament that took place in California with the women in the WTA and shout out to those players that took place in that tournament as well. And joining me to discuss all of this wonderful tennis is Josefina and Travia from the Hold On To Your Racket podcast, which is a fun, energetic, light and funny (laughs) podcast featuring all the conversation you can handle about the latest topics and tea in professional tennis. And they are young, really, really professional generation Z women that are taking the tennis world by storm. And I really couldn't wait to collab with them. They were so gracious to come on my show and do this episode recap about DC and San Jose. So I look forward to going and doing a spot on their show as well as as their podcast and you know we're just growing together we started our podcast at very similar times so the fact that we're now featuring each other is really really good and fun and just what all of this is about like we're just putting younger more colorful passionate voices into the atmosphere and into the ether of the professional tennis world and i think that is what we are both trying to accomplish in this episode definitely does that so without further ado let's get into the episode and i will be back on the other side to wrap up and give you a little preview about what's to come for missing the point Point. and while you're listening don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms at missing point pod that's facebook instagram twitter and Clubhouse if you are on that platform. So without further ado, into the episode we go. Oh, another one for the highlight reel. We're here, guys. We're finally having the collab that I've been envisioning for a minute between Missing the Point and Hold On to Your Racket. Are you guys do you guys have your rackets in hand and holding on to them for this episode?
1: Emotionally, yes. Physically, <laughs> yes. no. <laughs> exactly.
0: I've, after the two finals I just watched, I feel like I need to hold on to, like, something. something. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a, a lot of tennis and a lot of drama and emotions. And I feel like for both players and fans alike, there's everybody's still recuperating or, like, still in the mindset of, like, that was a lot. Definitely, but people got their money's worth. Yes,
1: there was definitely some peak WTA ing, as we like to say on our podcast. When you see something that's peak WTA, you just have to point it out. And that second set was very peak
0: WTA. We will definitely talk about the peak (laughs) WTA ness of San Jose today in this this show (laughs) for sure. I uh, completely agree. (laughs) So before we get into the in today's show, I have Josephina and. wait stravia i knew that of course (laughs) but i was looking at my i was looking at my um my notes and i was like did i misspell that completely (laughs) my fault um and stravia from hold on to your racket the podcast and i'm gonna let you guys take it and introduce yourself to the listeners because you guys do a great job of it on your podcast so why not do it on mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) josephina take it away Okay so my name is Josefina and my co-host Shravi and I we have this podcast Hold on to your racket you may have heard of it but um it's so awesome to be on this podcast i mean you guys were one of our first followers on instagram i know that and yes. honestly like you you know we we go a long way back so <laughs> it's really great to finally be i was just listening here.
0: to the last episode and realized that our like, our launches of our podcast, we're very, very close to each other. Like, you guys is coming up, and so is mine, which is cool, you know? Like, we're kind of like podcast sync. babies, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you guys are, like, really awesome as far as kind of knocking down barriers of female voices in tennis, because I, I like, I listen to quite a bit of tennis podcasts, and a lot of them don't really have Female voices, let alone two, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we started it, which is literally pretty much almost a year ago, Josephine and I weren't, you know, avid podcast listeners. We kind of just like liked engaging with tennis, you know, watching it. Um, you know, we live really close to where the US Open takes place. We would go there every year or kind of engaging with it on social media. I think it's something you see a lot of discourse about this on like Twitter and stuff. I think there's still so much that can be done to make it more Gen Z accessible. You have a lot of kids who play tennis, but like Josephine and I have even noticed like the kids in our tennis class, they love tennis. They're great at tennis. They don't really follow it that much. or Like they don't really like know as much about it. Whereas, you know, everyone knows about the NBA or whatever at school, but except I me. think there's so much <laughs> yeah, except, <laughs> except uh, us, us three. yeah, except us also. So I think that's when Josephine and I realized like, Hey, not only can we make, I mean, why not make something that, you know, people our age can really vibe with and, you know, have fun listening to. Our episodes are not that long. We kind of veer off from just talking about, you know, stats and stuff. We kind of like to, as we say in our outro, we keep people updated on the tea on tour as well as the best (laughs) tea. Exactly. So there's so much that can be done about, you know, yeah, we like to talk about things like, Naomi Osaka's mental health break you know holding people like Zverev and Basilo Shvili accountable as much as we can but also you know ways that we can recap all the information and talk about important things that people our age can really you know resonate with.
0: It's good that you guys are are doing that and getting noticed and notoriety from it because like when I open up my download tennis app plug for download tennis app, even though this isn't an ad, I just happen to look at it every day. I see you guys' you guys' podcast, which I think is like really awesome because it means that it's getting into the hands of the population that you want it to, you know, because I feel like Generation Z people and millennials, even though I mean I'm a pretty solid millennial even though I just turned 28, but whatever. <laughs> we're, we're the ones that are downloading the newest apps and stuff like yeah. that. So to see you guys as podcast pop up in a really popular tennis app is like claps for you guys. Like you guys are really doing it. And people are really listening. So that's a really awesome thing for sure. And I'm glad again, that you guys took the time to want to, to, to collab and actually responded, you know, cause you know, some, sometimes yeah. people will like be like, Hey, let's collab. And then it never happens. So. I'm glad that this is actually happening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely us too.
0: So do you guys remember like your backstory of how you got into tennis? Just to let the listeners know kind of, you know, briefly.
1: Wait, Josephine and I were talking about this the other day about both of our dads taught us
2: tennis, right? Yeah, like that's where it started. My dad got me into it. I know that like I was born in July. I went to my first Same. U.S. Open. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my first U.S. Open like a year and a a month later, because my so, dad like, dragged baby? me there. Yeah, like full baby. So Can that's where me. that's where it started. <laughs>
0: Unable to relate because here I am at my big age, about to go to my first U.S. Open this year. Actually.
1: Oh, really? We're going to see you there. You,
0: well, it depends on when you guys go. See, look at, look, at, look at how this conversation is happening. When are you guys going? Or did you guys get tickets or not? Or well, ready or whatever? I, well,
2: I know Shravi's going to be there quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm a ball girl,
1: so I'm yeah. going to be there pretty Wait, much every really? day. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, wait, you should be super excited about that. I I, am if really I was excited. listening to this podcast, I'd be like, I am gonna be looking out for you on the television because why not? <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, guys I remember would... do you guys remember? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you guys remember when like last year at the US Open everything was virtual and like you could submit yourself cheering on the US Open yeah. app? Did you guys do that?
1: No, we tried. No. We were ta- we talked about it, and then we were like, "This is too confusing." <laughs> like we kind of gave up <laughs> on trying to do that.
0: I did it, and I did it like literally where I'm sitting in my little pod, make my makeshift podcast studio where I where I watch the most tennis. I did it, and <laughs> I was so embarrassed <laughs> of the way I looked when they actually put it up. There. I was like, "Oh wait, they actually are going to use this picture or this gift of me cheering." I have no idea what what match it was doing but I saw myself and like I'm pretty sure I put it on Instagram but internally I was cringing <laughs>
2: <laughs> no that's why we were scared to do it too we're like do we really want this up for like international television
0: but I mean it's also it's good publicity for your podcast and then full circle moment we're almost like around to the US open again and you guys just came from the city open which we're gonna talk about today and you guys yeah I don't, I don't think I saw you guys on the television but you guys should have been on television because you guys are like ultimate fans. (laughs) We were
1: trying so hard. We made posters like the night before we stayed up so late to make posters and, we tried posing for the Instagram, and then we looked at the Instagram today. And then there's all these fans who probably don't know that much about tennis, just like posing. Yeah, we're we were like,
0: have of, of money to spend on tennis tickets. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, let's go to the, to the City Open and watch watch people. That <laughs> oh I my gosh, watched.
1: we were we were watching the Sinner versus Brooksby match, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. That was an awesome. Um, matchup and there was this woman sitting a couple rows in front of us and she turns around this is like after the first set like the tie break is over and she turns around and asks the guy behind her is Yannick the American I'm
0: just, <laughs> like, I'm just like
1: I'm just no, like there is a guy named Jensen Brooksby. I don't think you can get any more like
0: American um, American
1: than name than yeah. that. And you try to think that Yannick Sinner is going to be the American one? I didn't even... I was just like... You know... Oh, oh. Go ahead. And then there was these people behind us during the double snatch who, you know, they have automatic line calling now. So Mm -hmm. the Hawkeye called some ball out. And... They were like, "Where did that come from?" And then they were like, "Oh, it's from the speaker." And then they were like, "Oh, I guess the Lions people are watching through cameras and talking through the speaker." And just and I, thank God we had masks on because we were laughing so much. But we were just like, "I, I don't, I really." These don't people it.
2: don't deserve these seats.
0: And exactly. they were probably really good seats, weren't they? I
1: yeah, mean, this was in the
2: in it the was open in a stadium court, court where you could just like go in, but still. <laughs>
0: how was that so I've only been to one professional tennis tournament which was Indian Wells in 2019 which is kind of like which kind of sort of sparked my interest in wanting to do a podcast about tennis once I saw that like it was possible for me to go to a tennis tournament in real life how was the experience going to the city opening like being there especially with the fact that tennis took like a six-month break off and nobody was really sure if we're going to have fans in the audience and for the most part we haven't had fans in the audience for a lot of tournaments this year so how was it
2: um I'd say it was definitely busy I know that yesterday it did rain so it was less busy than other days would have been that had better weather but um I mean and almost nobody were wearing their masks. I know we were because we came so far from New York City. And, you know, like there's the Delta variant going around right now. So it was actually pretty strange. And, but still, it was a pretty decent amount of people. And it was really great to see all these people like coming together for tennis. Even though most of them had like a beer can in their hand. (laughs) It was was so great. (laughs) And seeing that from like our perspective as like teenagers were like, you know, all the, like, the only sober people watching a tennis match, it's really, it's an interesting experience, but, um, it was definitely fun, it's so fun. Wait until you guys
0: experience the other side of it, when you can, like, have, have a, there's, like, a US Open cocktail or something, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, oh, the
2: honeydews. The honeydews. Yes,
0: yes, just wait, just wait, I bet the tennis (laughs) matches are gonna be, like, 10 times better.
1: (laughs) Um... We were actually, one thing that we both noticed actually is because Josephina and I, we always go to the U.S. Open because it's so close to us. Um, the thing about it being a smaller tournament was that it was so much easier to like, you it, it were so see much closer to the players. I mean, sure, the courts are smaller. You can see more matches. You can walk around. But like for a couple of examples of like they had the, the gym that they had for the players oh my God. was in like a plastic tent. So you could see inside. No, it was a little weird. It was a little weird. It was Yeah, like a zoo
2: experience, yeah.
0: But <laughs> So like you could see the players warming up like on bicycles yeah. and stuff before their yeah. matches. Well, that that's was kind of cool. You only it, see that on was, television.
2: Was, <laughs> yeah.
1: So one, one other thing that we kind of discovered really on a whim was that after the first set of the Yannick Brooksby match, uh, Jess Shudan was like, oh, wait, I'm going to go get some water. So we all left and we went to go find some water. But then... We see on a practice court some people are hitting, and we're like, "Huh, who's that?" So we walk over, and I don't know if you know any of our listeners or even our Twitter followers are listening to this. They know that Josephina is obsessed with Sebastian Corda, <laughs> and we walk over to that practice court, and it's Sebastian Corda hitting. And no one was there watching. There were bleachers there for people to sit and watch, which is great. So we sat down, and we must have been sitting there for an hour his entire practice session before his doubles match, and the seats got full by the by the end of it. But there was another entrance where you, fans could literally walk on court, like, onto the practice court, almost up until the, like, um, the baseline? far side of the baseline, almost. And you could stand there and watch. And it was so easy. He walked out. He was talking to fans and stuff. We talked to him for a little bit. We took selfies with him. It was just so easy and accessible. And that's not something that, you know – I know, I think right? it was something a unique to a smaller tournament. And then Coco Golf came on the court like at the very end and we were like what the heck? That was and a it was definitely amazing. a surprise.
2: I literally
0: screamed I didn't screamed even know they were having like, an just, exhibition you know? match. I didn't even know she was in DC. I thought I she know we didn't we didn't know
1: that the <laughs> exhibition thing was happening either until a couple of days before.
0: RIP to the women's like tournament at the City I
2: know. Camp. We were yeah. so yeah. sad.
0: We need I mean more. at
2: least they tried a little bit <laughs> to put something up there yeah. but like I mean, if you're listening to this
0: and you work for the WTA, can we please get, like, more tournaments on the schedule? I mean, I know things have been, like, dodgy, but, like, after we get out of this pandemonium, can we get more (laughs) tournaments on the schedule?
2: Preferably on the East Coast.
0: (laughs) Just, like, yeah, like, on on North American soil, honestly, I'll take it.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: So speaking of North American soil and this the city open, we just wrapped up like literally as we're talking, you guys, the tournaments just ended like within an hour, um, or maybe less than that, who knows, but um, we have a champion at the city open and a first time champion and a teenage champion, which I feel like sits right well with the theme of this podcast isn't that wonderful i didn't think about that until just now and i'm talking about yannick center and you guys got to actually watch his one of his matches the semifinal match right
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: how does how hard does he hit the ball in person or how does oh it my speed? god <laughs> wow
2: it was it was beautiful it was amazing it was Such an experience, like, because we were saying it's a smaller tournament and we're kind of comparing it to like Arthur Ashe or something, the stadium court there. And I mean, we're at the top seats in that stadium court and those are like second tier seats that Arthur Ashe, so it was great like that's where all the sponsors sit at Arthur Ashe, like the booths are so we we're like wow we're like right next to the players so he didn't
0: feel like an ant or anything like that too you could like literally no. see him.
2: he was he was actually human i couldn't believe it
0: i don't know if it's just me and i think it might be like the redheadness and the freckles but i'm automatically brought back to jim courier that might be like a little retro for you guys but i guess because he's on this channel no i I agree
1: i I agree i agree not in the way he plays
0: though not in the way he plays just the way he looks
1: (laughs) yeah
0: um so yannick center had I, i would say this is like i don't know if i would go so far and use like the the standard terminology of like a career defining week but in some ways it might actually be that for him because this is his first and biggest um ATP tour title and the way that he won it especially in the final was dramatic af. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, yes.
0: He beat Mackenzie McDonald. I don't have the official scoreline pulled up, but I know I watched like most of that match from middle of the first set all the way through and I am already kind of like bad habit a nail biter but I surprisingly didn't bite my nails in this match. I was just like stuck at watching how tense it was because both of them were going for their biggest titles. Both of them are like in different ways, new to the scene.
2: So mm-hmm. to see yeah.
0: Yannick be the one come through that was just happy for him. And then also happy for the finalist, Mackenzie McDonald, because it wasn't like he just got whitewashed off the court. He gave everybody in the stands and viewers at home, a really, really good match to remember for sure.
1: Yeah, I think two things come to mind. One being if we're talking about Mackenzie McDonald first. We saw him have a bit of a breakthrough at the Australian Open this year. I think reaching the second week, and he's been he's had to come back from injury as well. Um, and another thing, which Josephina and I definitely talked a lot about during the Australian Open, when both Mackenzie and Jennifer Brady were making really big strides. Is sort of like that, you know, post-college tennis career success. They actually both went to UCLA, so that's even, you know, even more awesome for them. Um, And, you know, that's always something that we like to bring up. So I think Mackenzie McDonald, you know, cementing himself inside the top 100 after this tournament is really, you know, a big deal. And we've seen him pull off some really impressive wins. I mean, that win versus Nishikori was probably his career best win. And a great match as
0: well, too. I watched that one, and that was a good one to watch.
1: And then one thing that Josephina and I were actually talking about yesterday while watching the Brooksby match is, like, Yannick was the favorite in that match. Yannick was the favorite in pretty much every single match that he played this tournament, and I think that's something new for him. And, you know, at a 500 level, you know, you're kind of, like, in middle ground there. He's only 19. I mean, Brooksby was older than him. Um, And, you know, having to be a favorite in each one of your matches and then even a favorite for the title – I think the fact that he handled that pressure and pulled it off is, you know, something that people don't talk about as much for him because he always seems so cool on court. But that's so impressive. His poker
0: face is, like, top five. (laughs) Because, like, I was expecting, especially when he's, like, I think he had to, like, the first set, he had, like, 10 set points. I think the number was 10. And I was expecting him to, like, at least throw a ball in frustration or like slap his knee or something but like the mm-hmm. whole time you couldn't even tell that he was having all these opportunities to put away the first set and not being able to like any other person playing tennis would have been <laughs> I w- I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop here and say Danielle Collins because she would have been like through the roof <laughs> if she had, I if
1: know
0: but not Yannick Center so that was that's it's it's good that he kind of like has that almost like X-factor slash secret weapon in his back pocket that I think is going to take him very far. Because the first time I watched Yannick Center, like in my memory, play tennis was against uh, David Goffin in the first round of the French Open just in, like, September or October, whenever it was played awkwardly at the end of last year. And I was <laughs> like, oh, this kid can really play. And now to see him kind of, like, have the season he's had and reaching the final of Miami, winning another title at the lead-up in Australia, it's just like, okay. I hate to, like, another, like, really overused phrase, but real deal kind of comes to mind when I think of Yannick. Yeah. Turner, you
2: know? Yeah, I, like, I had a lot of confidence in him in this tournament. like we all said that he was like the favorite um, throughout his matches, but I mean, versus Jensen Brooksby, I remember right before the tiebreaker, I just had this confidence in him because I feel like he, like we've been talking about, he's really cemented himself on the pro tour and Jensen Brooksby, he's an amazing player, but he's coming off of a bunch of challenger titles and that's a whole different level of play. So I just, it really came to mind during like right before the tiebreak, like, this is where Sinner is really going to get through because, I mean, he he's used to this kind of, exactly, he's used to this kind of pressure and experience on this level of tennis, and Brooksby is kind of new here, so I think I was he really, really had the upper hand there.
1: I was really impressed with Brooksby's level of play, though, in the first set, um, up until he kind of threw away those three set points. I mean, he was playing fantastic. He, we talked about this before he reached the Newport final which was, you know, big for him to do well on the ATP tour as well. So I think we've seen a lot of guys, you know, translate their challenger tennis success to the ATP tour level. You've got Karatsev earlier this year who did the same thing. So I think Brooksby is, you know, on his way to making that, um, that breakthrough. Because I think, you know, if we're talking about American men's tennis, for example, we had that era where everyone was kind of like, Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafoe, Riley Pelka, Tommy Paul, these guys are going to be the next big thing.
0: And they're but still around.
1: They're still yeah. around, but, but it's <laughs> no, not. we don't really see that level of consistency. I personally have way more faith in people like Corda, and if Brooksby keeps this up, I think you could put him in the group as well who can kind of carry that um, carry that level there. But I think what Josefina was saying about our confidence in Yannick, there was this one – was it – Josefina, was it 6'5"? I think it was like um, six I five know that or five four. It was the game
2: that Jensen had three set points. Yeah,
1: exactly. So at so, some point it was getting very close to the end of the first set, and Yannick was serving, and it was you know the score was like either five four Brooksby or six five Brooksby. I think it was and, five, yeah, I think it was five six because he was so. Seven. And then. Um, we yelled at the beginning of the game, let's go, Yannick. Cause everyone else in the crowd was like, Let's go, JB. And we were all like, No. <laughs> like,
0: like they actually sh-. know him like, before this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're like, let's go, Yannick. And all of a sudden it's love forty. Three set points for brooks And we're like, Well,
2: <laughs> we're like, oh, did we, <laughs> we him?
1: And then we're like, no, no, no. And then he like plays he hits a great serve. He misses the return forty fifteen forty. Okay. 30, 40. Okay. Deuce. At Deuce, I was like, this guy's got it. it.
2: And, you know, he did it.
1: And since then, I think, you know, we had that complete confidence he would take that first set. So he has a poise that I think very few people his age do, and he's Mm -hmm. living up to those expectations.
0: It's good to just see somebody be able to have pressure and be in pressure situations in tennis matches of, like, high caliber where everybody's watching or the cameras are on and still – Have the kind of calmness that he has to see himself through it. Because a lot of times, especially not to compare the WTA or the ATP, but just in tennis in general, that's such an easy situation for people to kind of like crumble a little bit. And Mm -hmm. even though he was tested and didn't necessarily take advantage of all the opportunities he had, because he was like, he was something like, yeah, he was five for 21 on break points, which if I was his coach, I'd be like we got to work on that a little bit, buddy, yeah. <laughs> but he won the match in the tournament. So like, you know, there's obviously something he's doing enough, right. Um, to bring home that silverware and then to kind of piggyback on what you guys were saying earlier about, uh, Mackey McDonald and like the, the things people go through and sometimes even the ATP doesn't acknowledge, like I was looking at Mackenzie McDonald's or Mackie McDonald's, uh, tour record. And it's like, eight and 10 or something like that. But that those eight wins don't account for the stuff that he actually went through on the challenger circuit. And mm-hmm. this is the same guy that lost a challenger match to Christian Harrison earlier this year. And I, <laughs> you know,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is really a career week for him. And I really hope it is the start of something because watching his match against Nisha in the semifinals, and then against center in the final, he really, feels like if he kind of keeps his level around that he should be a top 50 player like a lot of a lot of people would have probably lost his match or lost the match today if they didn't have sinners kind of mindset because realistically if you start losing set points you're kind of just like oh well this guy has some luck on his side today especially not even set points like Mackie saved like what three championship points in the third set so he was really out there balling and it was just good to see um him shine in that moment you know
2: yeah it was yeah. honestly an incredible level of tennis like from what we saw with Brooksby yesterday and again here with um McDonald i mean just the way that they were able to like pick up their level and like you're saying if we continue to see this like if he keeps it at this level he is definitely someone to look out for when it comes to the US Open especially since it's on home soil um and he and doesn't have always, a win
0: there yet randomly. I checked that out. He doesn't have a main draw win at the US Open.
2: I feel like if he just translates this success to the US Open, like we're looking at maybe the second week again.
0: I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's gonna take a performance. If he plays like that, it's gonna take a, a solid performance for anybody to beat him, just like it took a solid performance from center to beat. Brooksby, and we've like we've talked about him in this conversation a lot, but he's somebody that I wrote down is like I didn't I knew him based off of his kind of wonky forehand offhand looking <laughs> thing, <laughs> and if you see pictures of Jensen Brookie, Brooksby, just Google it, and you'll kind of be like, what is his hand doing? It's almost <laughs> Sam Query ish. um he uh, just, yeah, this- He's unorthodox, and you kind of gotta love it because even the the commentators can't explain why he was so difficult to beat this week. And he beat some really quality players. He beat yeah. Kevin Anderson. He beat... Yeah. Help me out. Who else did he beat? Because I'm I'm lost know. between Kevin Anderson and Felix Auger-Aliassime. There's somebody else he beat.
1: John Millman.
0: <laughs> yes, John Millman. And he, I think he beat... And Tiafo. Yes, yes. That's who it was. Francis Tiafo. I didn't watch that match. I saw the score and I was like, ugh, facepalm Tiafo. <laughs> but good for Brooksby. <laughs> <laughs> So he's 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 another one to watch, and I'm pretty sure he is in the under-21 club as well, just yeah. like Yannick Center. So, you know, the ATP is definitely, even though sometimes I feel like these guys are not going to know, or like the tour or tennis in general is not going to know what to do when the big three retire or Djokovic stops winning consistently, it seems like people are building, you know, or at least at the yeah, very end, like- taking advantage of the opportunities.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's promising for, like, a sort of have we've – I think it's a little bit changing now on the WTA side, hopefully with people like Bardi, Osaka, and Andrescu. But, like, we've seen a lot of variety on the WTA side, and I know a lot of people like to make fun of that because sometimes it can get very varied. But I think on the ATP that'll be interesting to see. And, I mean, just to talk about Brooksby, one thing that I was impressed by yesterday was, like, the variety. Like, he was drop-shotting out of nowhere, right, Josefina? No, And yeah. those drop-shots worked, except yeah. once – they worked. And I think another thing was that the the way that I remember Jensen Brooksby is because a couple of years ago when I was working at the U.S. Open, I ball person his first round match versus Thomas Burdick, and he won that match. And I was like, whoa, like that's a pretty good win for this guy who's only like 18, 19. So, I mean, I've always recognized his name. And I think The same point goes for what you were saying about Mackenzie McDonald before. All these guys do so much work, and girls, for that matter, when we're talking about like ITF level tournaments, behind the scenes at these challenger level events, these lower level events, qualifying rounds. I mean, like people qualifying for the main draw is so much. I mean, we're talking about like Mayer Sharif, the Egyptian player. Yes. When she got through qualifying, I think at the French Open, that was a big deal. Like that, those are like good quality matches to win. You know, all of that goes so much behind the scenes, whereas that really does sort of. Give you some hints about like this player has that potential to do that on a main draw level, whether it be Karatsev, McDonald, Brooksby, Maya Sharif, who also had an amazing week. Um,
2: Alcaraz so, too. I feel like yeah. Carlos I mean, it, it can go
1: for so many different people. The
0: youngster, another twenty-one and under club member, Carlos Alcaraz, is having a pretty good season, winning a title. So yeah, you look at you guys. You guys are name dropping and everything. Like, I, <laughs> oh my god, I feel I feel right at home talking about about tennis and. The only name we haven't mentioned, because I guess he exited exited the tournament on a sour-ish note, in some ways, was Rafa Nadal. You probably have heard of him. Most people have. (laughs) (laughs) How did you guys feel about the state of his game? Because I watched nearly every point of his opening round match against Jack Sock, and two things came to mind I had never seen well like I said never but well maybe I guess part of me can feel like I've never seen Jack Sock play that well (laughs) and I've also it was it was a Rafa Nadal that was pretty rusty on hard courts and then for him to go out the very next round to Lloyd Harris was kind of like maybe I'm just putting him in the the box of like Getting older in tennis because this is the same week that Roger Federer turns 40, and he, you know, he pulled out of some other tournaments in the lead up to the yeah. U.S. Open. So I was kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> are we yeah, losing a yeah. step here? But it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with that.
1: Yeah. I think Joe, we talked about this in our last episode. Josephina made like a really good point about like, we were both talking about like, you know, he's rusty, hasn't played a match in a while. I mean, it's been a while since the French Open, but Nadal has done really well at the U.S. Open these past few years. You know, that's been his second best slam after Roland Garros. So, I think, and he's, you know, really shown some of his great tennis there. So, I think there's, I don't think this was that concerning. No, yeah. I I think we've learned that with Rafa and Roger, like, especially with, you know, like, these sort of results are going to be more and more common now. But these guys still can, like, you know, always prioritize those slams. And we'll, it, that's a totally different mentality. Best of five, Grand Slam level. They've wanted those levels before. I really don't think it's something to be that concerned about.
2: Yeah, I agree because, I mean, looking back to his last tournament, the French Open, he lost in the semifinals to Novak Djokovic. Like, that's not, for a Grand Slam level, it's not really that concerning because it's still Rafael Nadal. If anyone's going to be better than him, it's going to be Novak Djokovic. So, right, I think it's really fine and that he hasn't played, like, at this tournament level in so long since then. And then all of a sudden, Jack Sock, like, brings this awesome high-level game. These massive of forehands.
0: Funny. Like, where have those forehands yeah. been, buddy?
1: <laughs> where has he been, period? I only saw married. him having his, uh, having his wedding during the pandemic. That's all I remember
0: yeah. about him. Completely maskless, but, you know. Different, exactly. Different topic. <laughs> I mean,
1: are we are we are we surprised? No,
0: not no, not tremendously. No, no. I was su- I was surprised at some of those forehands hitting inside the line. That's what I was surprised about. <laughs> I was like, well, who is who is this, and where has he been since twenty seventeen? But and of course, of course, it's that age old like I have nothing to lose, so I'm going to kind of swing for the fences um mentality. And sometimes the stars just align, and you get. Uh, a 7-6 in the third matchup against Rafa Nadal, who just so happens to be coming off of a long break after the French Open. So, you know, I guess go Jack Sock.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) never thought we would be agreeing with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think I would ever say that on my podcast either, but here we are. And I think this is a good time for us to take a, a small break so we can switch over to the women's side of things because there was a women's tournament in San Jose. So we should take a break and then get right back to talking more tennis just in San Jose at Silicon Valley. So be right back guys. This is where I would like insert some kind of ad if people wanted to like (laughs) put an ad in my podcast, but you know, we're not there yet. Anyway, (laughs) we are going to talk about some saucy tennis in Silicon Valley. I'm really into alliteration, so when I wrote down, like, notes for this, I just, that came to mind. I have no idea why.
1: <laughs> no, we're no. really into puns and yeah. dad jokes, especially yes. Josephina. <laughs> She's our dad joke
2: queen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one on the top of your head right now or no? Am I putting The on Federer the
2: one. The Federer one. No, no, no. That one's, like, really, really bad. I have it's another okay. one. Okay. Okay, I'll make it. <laughs> If Federer wasn't born in Switzerland, where'd he be from? I
0: have no idea.
2: <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> 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 it's painfully bad.
0: It's his birthday, so I feel like we deserve that one as listeners.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Happy birthday, Roger Federer.
2: And Felix, Sasha,
1: Elia. Yes.
0: And F. A. A. Pete
1: Sampras tomorrow. Wait, Pete Sampras is tomorrow, right? I or it's so. somewhere around here but there's and so many s- tennis birthdays yeah sitsipas is also soon they're all clumped together is
0: it like are are leos the best tennis players is that what we're gathering
1: Josephine <laughs> is a leo so she agrees yes. yes i agree
0: i'm a july baby but i just missed the leo cusp the 13th is still a cancer so
2: so we're both cancers then
0: what you're cancer as well? Yes, we're yes. the crybabies. Yay!
2: Yes, <laughs> I can attest to that on Shrabia's behalf. Yes, yes.
0: But people still love us though, because like, why wouldn't you love us? Yes,
2: yeah. I mean, I love you guys.
0: So yes, we're you're you, we are like shoulders to cry on. Exactly. I, saw cry. Josefina, cry together.
2: <laughs> I saw
1: Josephina. I saw Josephina at tennis camp on her birthday and almost started crying. So oh, she oh. can, so she can attest to the fact that I am, yes, a crybaby.
0: And nothing's wrong with that. Crying is just as good as any other emotion or any other activity. It's it's exactly. healthy. It's healthy.
2: It's valid.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about Silicon Valley. Even though I feel like this week I've been saying saying silicone. Who knows? Who who knows, really? <laughs> I actually just missed when it was in Stanford, and everybody knew that it was in Stanford. This, this tournament is traditionally played like, you know, like three or four weeks before the U.S. Open, and they played it at the stanford university campus and it was like called the bank of the west classic for Mm. eons and eons and i just missed those days it rolled off the tongue easier not that yeah not that mubadala
1: (laughs) we were trying to say that (laughs) we were trying to say that on our last episode and we just we gave up we just called it the silicon valley classic
0: i think it's the mubadala silicon valley classic in san jose
1: Mubadala M- 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 sponsors so many tournaments, though. Yeah,
0: so they like, sponsored the very first tournament of the year in Abu Dhabi. I think. I think.
2: That I don't. That sounds right. I think doesn't so. that doesn't
0: that seem like sixteen years ago, Abu Dhabi?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what seems like sixteen
1: years ago? Australian Open quarantine. <laughs> I
2: don't even remember that.
0: Do players even that? quarantine anymore. <laughs> no,
2: I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what the. I just know Actually, no, no, no. Um, what's his name? Venus Musetti? won bronze. Oh no. no. Venus uh won bronze in doubles in, in Tokyo last week, and we saw him play tennis yesterday at, so. at the city, city of so definitely no quarantine.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's, and, a lot of the bubble is kind of just for optics, unfortunately, or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah. but I know um Lorenzo Musetti actually yeah he got he, pulled out Well mm-hmm, because he broke COVID guidelines and like went out of the like COVID restrictions and protocols so I think it's still a thing kind of kind
0: of sorta you know who else has that in common Danielle Collins she broke restrictions last year at world Team oh
1: 5. yeah I oh. think she didn't realize though I think she didn't realize that like there was something in place but I remember that
0: we were, like, in the thick of the... Well, I mean, not, not that we're out of it, but we were pretty much in the yeah, thick of we the pretty, Yeah, we were pretty... How did she forget? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: I've listened to a podcast of hers. Shout out to Fantastic Tennis. They actually did a really great job of... The interview did a really good job of making her seem much more relatable. Because sometimes it's hard for me to do anything but, like, giggle or get annoyed when I watch a Danielle Collins match because I start thinking of things from how how I would feel across the net from her. And I don't think our handshake would be that nice, depending on what she does across the court.
1: <laughs> her conversations, well, it's more with just herself. her cursing. With herself, but also cursing at her boyfriend like during matches
2: is so yeah. funny. <laughs>
0: Today, today's match in the final of San Jose was some of her I don't know if it was her wildest antics but you can kind of tell that she was a little wound up which would make sense she was playing for the biggest pro title of her career but she had this this thing where she wanted the uh, crowd to remain quiet even at like critical points of the match when like there was a lot on the line and like there was almost a ball that was like almost not got to and she just would like Chuck her racket to the ground and get mad at the chair empire But then, in the next point that she would win, she would literally yell out from her like the bottom of her gut, yell out, "Come on, Danielle!" or "Let's go, Danielle!" So it's like, how can you tell <laughs> you're mad at the <laughs> you're mad at the crowd <laughs> for being loud when you lose a point, but when you win a point, you're the loudest person in the stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Let's let's make sense. Like, can you help us make sense of that? But I will say, the past two weeks or so definitely some of the best tennis wise like if i take everything yeah. away like everything away from her the tennis yeah. has been pretty spectacular she is balling and hitting the crap out of the ball <laughs> everything yeah. her, she hits the court back to back
2: titles it's kind of funny to think that like all of her antics and her tennis they all come from like the same passion mm-hmm. so <laughs> so maybe they're kind of tied so the more she acts out the better she plays
0: well, in that second set, I thought for sure, because, I mean...
2: That was crazy. Yeah. That was
1: insane.
0: Peak, peak WTA. She...
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, uh, she saved what? I mean, not, not she. Kasakina saved five, five championship points? Five or six. Points?
1: Five or six. I think it was five.
0: Something insane, and I just knew, I, I kind of figured that although Collins had been playing well all week, that that was going to be a lot of baggage for her to just yeah. deal with, but To be honest, she looked like a woman on a mission. The breadstick. The breadstick
1: in the third set, I think, was impressive, you know, to come back from that. And, I mean, Josephina and I, we're we're Collins fans. We kind of like her attitude. We kind of like the way she acts, the way she plays, hitting the crap out of the ball. Um, She's another uh, former college tennis player, so another reason for us to really like her. But she's also been through so much these past few ones. I mean, after going through her surgery for endometriosis, and she was so candid about that and speaking out about all that. Um, And in general, she's also always really spoken out about things like, yeah, in interviews and stuff, maybe not as forefront as you would see some other people do, but like, whether it be about equal pay or about the original nine or sort of, you know, her relationship with... Serena or how the Williams sisters have been a huge inspiration for her. she's really candid and thankful and grateful and talking about about all that stuff which is kind of the reason that I really like her so much um so I think that it's nice to see these pieces falling together for her especially after her you know big health scare um in the past couple of months
0: I would agree I, I definitely would agree she gives you <laughs> a lot of things to pay attention to in a tennis match like the antics, like you, you're you not just going to go to a Daniel Collins match and leave bored <laughs> or leave like you're going to remember something. And I think that to the point of like her being a college player, sometimes people think you can't make it if you spend like four full years as a college player. And her career, for all intents and purposes, is kind of like peaking and she's just getting started. And she's a very likely threat that I personally would not want to see in my draw or near me in a draw anytime soon. Like my eardrums wouldn't want, to f- wouldn't want to see her, nor would my tennis racket. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about her, her opponent in the final, Daria Kaskina, because she's had a resurgence of a year as well. Yeah. This is her fourth yeah. WTA final. She's already won two WT tournament. She won a um, tournament in Melbourne, kind of like the second yeah, right of Australia. After. Yep, mm-hmm. and then she also won. I think Saint Petersburg, Petersburg. was it is that a tournament? Yeah, her home
1: tournament well? in because yeah. I think yeah. Gasparian retired in that final match. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was a uh, that was also a good. One. But Kazakina is another player with so much variety. I think you don't see that many, you know, that kind of play as much, but. She's someone who, I mean, she pulled off a great few wins. I mean, she beat Putin Seva. She beat Mertens. Um, She, you know, really showed that. Oh, wait, no, she did not beat Putin Seva. She beat Mertens. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she had a good few matches. I think her match versus Garcia was also really close. That was a
0: really, really good uh, match. And I I watched a good bit of that. I kind of wish Garcia would kind of get back on the ball. Because if you watch her matches, you're like, why is she not in the top 20 you know and then the same could be said of casa for like the last couple of years you would watch her matches and you would see like brilliant shots and she has every shot in the book and she can kind of massage the ball and put it where she wants unfortunately today She was playing against somebody who just smacks it and didn't care um about any of those like (laughs) those massaging of the balls. But it's I think she would be somebody and she was somebody. She's a former top ten player. I think she was number nine or number ten. She's somebody who I would love to see back in the mix in that higher seated position, just to give the women's tour a little bit more variety, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 I feel like um I mean, variety in the WTA right now go hand in hand. I mean, (laughs) look at the past few tournaments but still I mean when it comes to style of play that's also where we see variety and that's really what makes the WTA so interesting like even though the champions are like ones that you wouldn't expect all the time I mean we're seeing some great tennis all around all year round and that's really what it's all about so what it's all about what it's what's it's <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> what it's all about did I say that right the first time Um, (laughs) We know what you meant.
0: And and that is what it's all about. I like the fact that the WTA produces champions that have unlikely stories. For me, that kind of makes it a tad more interesting than the ATP. Sometimes you can kind of pencil in winners on the ATP side. You'd be kind of foolish to do that on the WTA side. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to be like, you know what? Don't ask me who's going to win. <laughs> whoever, whoever wins that match deserves to win that match, and we're just going to keep on until we get to the final, which is kind of what happened in San Jose, in a way, because I don't know if I looked at the draw and picked Daniel Collins and Casaquina to be in the final. Like, they've had great seasons, but there were other players that definitely could have been in that final, like Merton's the number one seed. Yeah,
1: Mertons.
0: And the number two seed, Elena Rybakina, who... I really, really enjoy Rabakina. I don't know about. You.
1: I'm impressed by her. We were talking about her just in our last episode. I think her Olympic performance was really impressive. I think. I'm mad you know, that she didn't
0: get a medal, though. She was so yeah, close. Like, she was so times.
1: close. Yeah. She was so close, but I think that the way that she bounced back after a really slow start to this year and second half of last year, because you know, Oof. 2020 beginning was awesome for her. Yeah. Um. You know, that match that final versus Simona Halep in Doha, I think, comes to mind as like a really tight match where she did super well, but, you know, couldn't get the win. But um, I think, you know, her coming back on the scene is great. We saw her do well at Wimbledon, too. Um, And I think, you know, you we were about to talk about her as well, but Anna Kanya seeing her really on the comeback trail this year is so good. Josefina and I love talking about her tracking her progress. And we were saying this before when we were talking about the ATP, but she's also someone like, if you look at the qualifying draws, you see that this girl is working hard. This girl is like actually, you know, having a fight for her spot in these main draw, in these main draws. So um, I'm excited for her kind of comeback trail as well.
0: She beat a lot of players to get to the semifinals. And I think in the semifinals in San Jose, she kind of ran out of gas a little bit, slash ran into Danielle Collins. I always have to Mm -hmm. emphasize the yell. It's so corny I have to do it. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) She ran into like a a really hot, a really hot um, player. So, that's kind of, you know, one of those things in tennis, that just happens. But I'm really excited to be back mentioning Ana Kanyu. Or people, some people say Kanyu. Some people say Kanya. Either way, I feel like her name is a name that is going to be continually mentioned in the next, hopefully, knock on wood. Because her story is interesting. The fact that she's had to deal with multiple elbow issues and surgeries and mm-hmm. stuff and has still come back to tennis. And still smacks the crap out of the ball. and like. Yes. I don't. She just. It's. It's something about watching her. I remember when she made her breakthrough in like 2016 and 2017. She was just super fearless and didn't care who the opponent was on the, on the other side of the net from her. And she's kind of rebuilding that confidence again. And it's, you know, a redemption story is always easy to kind of get behind. At least for me, it is.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She's also on the younger side of things. Josephina and I love cheering for our She's still players. super
0: young. Like, the fact, like, she came on the scene or broke through at, like, 16 or 17. And she's still not even 25. Like, not even close, I don't believe. So, mm-hmm. like, could still lift major trophies and still do wonderful things in the sport. The only person, well, not the only person, but one of the people in that draw in San Jose that, like, I left worried for. You guys know who I'm going to say?
1: <laughs> Madison Keys.
0: Yeah. Good old Keys. Keys has not found the keys to success this season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a good one. I approve of that one.
0: <laughs> she just, you would look at her game and be like, She has everything you need to be a beast on the WTA tour and not to take anything away from her. She's had a great career. Um, Maybe not hall of fame level, but people know her. She has a solid fan base and she's accomplished really wonderful things. Getting to the final of the U S open is no easy feat, but this season and like the, even though 2020 kind of sort of doesn't count, she hasn't been able to really put together something memorable or that makes you believe that she's going to actually fulfill all the potential you see in her and that makes me a little you know who worried, she reminds you
1: know? me of you know who she reminds me of in this context she reminds me of amanda Anisimova. i mean she, mm. another american who's had a really sort of like interrupted season right you know after she had that great french open run a couple years ago people were really talking about her obviously i wouldn't put them in the same Bucket as, like, careers, because obviously simova's a lot younger and he's has had a lot more success overall. But I just think that, like, another person who's had a really difficult season or seasons post, you know, breakthrough success, especially kind of in the COVID era, I think, you know, Anisimova started the season with an injury. Madison couldn't play because she tested positive, I think, or, like, some she sort did. of quarantine yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been really tough um, because – you know, or her good friend Sloan, I'm very happy for having a much more resurgent 2021 than we were seeing uh, in 2020. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what to think of, of Madison and, you know, not really finding that rhythm again. I hope she can. I mean, we've seen some resurgences in the WTA, like with, as you were saying, Kazakina mm-hmm. being one example, but I think she this is the sort of situation where she kind of just has to ride the wave out of you know Ooh, being... I have a
0: corny joke in the in the corner of my mind she just switched her racket so she needs to hold on to it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
0: See that was corny that didn't 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 quite curl over but she did just switch her racket she's she's still with Wilson but I remember her Instagram posts like what are those do you notice anything different guys kind of posts like yes we noticed
2: <laughs> about the difference yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see is what what else happened in San Jose that was of note. Like I mean I I think it's I wouldn't say it's one of my I don't know, I feel weird about the tournament because I loved it so much when it was in Stanford and I feel like it's lost a little bit of its like luster in Silicon Valley.
2: Yeah, I but, feel like yeah. You know. Something that we've been kind of touching on throughout this episode is like I feel like the COVID Kind of era, it definitely brought out something new. Like the tennis that we had, like the tour that we had, especially on the WTA side that we had before the COVID era, and the one that we have now, it's like a completely new tennis. And we're seeing all these players, like whether they be coming back and they didn't really have that chance until now, or really like coming up and out, like Azarenka, Karatsev. I mean, he's I think, a good
0: story, such like yeah. such a feel good story.
2: Yeah, and it's really interesting, honestly, to see, like, all these new players or old players that we really didn't expect to come back to, like, really play their tennis.
0: Like, Crytchikova, she could totally be a two-time Grand Slam champion this year. Who would have thought, yeah. <laughs> thought that? I mean, it sounds been? like a big pick to pick her for the U.S. Open, but then again, would we Why really not? be surprised? Like, why not, you know?
1: Why not? Yeah, would you I, should kinda... see... When when we do our Grand Slam preview episodes and Josephina and I sit down to do our WTA predictions, <laughs> we're just like, who is the most random, <laughs> informed player we can pick? Because it can't be, you know, we gotta, we gotta. It, it just have we ever been right, Josephina?
2: I think uh, Barty. We've been Barty. 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 Well, yeah.
0: At Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh,
1: I th- Things? no i actually i don't remember yeah, i really yeah. don't remember yeah i, I, don't I mean remember. who
0: i would love to see serena win at the u.s open but no
1: like, me too she's me too.
0: <laughs> no one yes. no, no, no one's like, obvious face but oh my gosh <laughs> I, I feel you i really feel you i completely get it because oh Deep, 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 deep side. I think it can happen. It just—I mean, again, one of those situations. Why not? If, if anybody else can win a, um, a tournament, if I don't—I don't know. We just—we just have to see where the ball f- like falls each week. And I yeah. mean, next Honestly, week the tour goes to Canada, Toronto, and Montreal. So,
1: mm-hmm. Rogers Cup is like one of my favorite tournaments. Like out of the entire season, just Federer and I. Uh, our favorite time of the tennis season is this pre-U.S. Open, U.S. Open swing. Like, we absolutely love the, hard, the North American hardcourt um, season, but I just love the Rogers Cup all the time. There's been some of my favorite breakthroughs there. Back when I used to be a Benches fan, she had her breakthrough <laughs> there after beating Serena. Um I think a Shapo's win versus Rafa at the Rogers cup is probably one of my favorite tennis matches or tie breaks I've ever watched. Um, I actually, Josephina knows this, but after his crazy Rogers cup run and he actually made it to like, I think the round of 16 at the U S open that year as well. I wrote him a letter, like a fan letter and I Aww. sent it to his mom's tennis Academy. I don't think it ever reached there <laughs> because I could barely find the address. But, I mean, we saw Bianca have her breakthrough at the Rogers Cup, too. I am hoping – she's another person who – We have no idea. I I
0: want
1: her to (laughs) succeed because I would love to have some core dominant players on the WTA. So that's why I really want her to succeed. I think she's great competition for Barty and Osaka. Um, But I'm hoping if there's a Canadian breakthrough I really want at the Rogers Cup – felix come on man i mean we're
2: rooting for you
0: imagine his first title being at home you know like
2: the week after his birthday like bringing that birthday we, he energy. deserves he deserves yeah, exactly. that we,
0: yeah, we deserves deserves it. deserve. it he deserves and we deserve because yes. that yes. o and eight finals record is getting harder and harder like to to swallow and i hate yeah. that people are like using that against him like you try to be under twenty one and get to eight ATP finals and see how you mm-hmm. do there, you, you know. But at the same time, it's like mental baggage, and with like mental baggage is such a huge part of the sport in tennis because it's mostly just yeah. you out there. So I I would hate for it to like be something like a hurdle that he can't get over because he has so much potential. But like, we should think
2: if and when he does like pass that it's gonna be so amazing (laughs) like I feel like there's gonna be no stopping him after that because he's just gonna like
0: I mean everybody should repost the picture of him with the trophy I mean honestly like it should be everyone because we deserve (laughs) we've been rooting (laughs) for you we're we're all rooting for you So it sounds like I had a I had a question, like how excited are you guys for Montreal and T- Toronto on a scale of one to 10? But it sounds like we're at a solid 10.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Any I don't know. I haven't looked too deep into the draws. Any
2: Me I mean,
0: neither. any 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 like what well, we said, Felix on the men's side would be like our dream. I think we can all agree on that. What about on the women's side?
2: Um, maybe not necessarily rooting for, but someone that I'd like to see how they do is Arena Sabalenka. Because, mm. like, she's finally had her, like, grand slam breakthrough yeah. that everyone has been waiting for. So maybe, like, we'll see if she can, like, still keep it up on the – well, not really smaller tournaments because it's a 1,000. Yeah. Still, the ones that are the non-Grand Slam tournaments. Like, let's see how she bears.
0: She won Madrid, so, hey. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I think another person who I want to keep an eye on is Simona Halep coming back from injury um, because I think, you know, I don't – she didn't go to the U.S. Open last year, so it's not like she has points to defend, so – if there's an opportunity to rack some up, stuff up there. I think Svidalina is doing really well after her wedding. Actually, she's pu- putting together some nice results. Miss mm-hmm. um, Mofi. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I also think...
0: Mrs. Is it Mrs.? Yeah,
1: yeah, Mrs. yeah, I think so. Um. <laughs> and who else was I going to say? I'm now blanking, but I think, you know, the the same people like Pavlyuchenkova, Rybakina. Up, Plishkova, Krajikova, Bardi, you know, these players who've sort of been at the top this season, I want to see how they can, Badosa even, like, she's someone who I would throw in there. Um, I think these are all people who've been doing really well this year, who I want to see if they can keep it up.
0: Imagine if our top five was, like, Osaka, Bardi, Swiatek, Sabalenka, and Andreescu. Just imagine. My
1: dream. Just imagine. That's my dream. I mean, after Serena <laughs> retires, that's
0: Yeah, better. yeah. I mean, but even so. if Serena... Serena doesn't have to be in the top five to yeah, win she, a slam. I just need her to yeah. win
1: a slam. That's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. all <laughs> yeah. I the ask.
0: Rankings, the rankings, we don't care about as much anymore. Exactly. Want, I really... <laughs> we want 24 <laughs> so we can all go to sleep. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Oh, another person I want to keep an eye on is Andre Rublev. Because he's... This year hasn't been as stellar as his 2020.
0: It so. hasn't been bad, though. I think he still has won two titles, right? Or... Too? I don't
1: I don't I don't I'm remember sure. maybe it's just like our expectations for him to win every 500 he <laughs> enters so that's kind of why but um
0: well his he olympic, for, he'll forever be a gold medalist so it, you know he can have exactly that, maybe that was that Russia. was beautiful that was that amazing. might have been
1: that might have been my favorite moment of the entire tennis season
0: even though it was Agreed. under the republic or the russian olympic committee and not the actual <laughs> russian flag <laughs> That was super awkward because it, especially considering the fact that the flag was flying all over. <laughs> like it, wasn't, it, wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't like everybody went out in the first round. It was like, nope, we're still here. We're, you can you can name us anything you want, but we're we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this has been a super fun episode, guys. Is there anything oh. that we haven't touched on that you guys wanted to touch on before we head on out?
2: Um, i'd say just like follow us on social media uh
0: for sure for sure tell everybody where you can find you tell everybody where you can find hold on to your racket for sure
2: yeah so our instagram is at hold on to your racket and our twitter is Shravia, you got
1: that h-o-t-y-r underscore tennis pod so josephita runs the instagram i run the twitter um but (laughs) it's a lot of fun um we're, we're, we're considering starting a tiktok but i mean that might be
2: a little too that much might
1: be a little maybe maybe later maybe, hey guys maybe, i feel
0: you know. like i feel like you guys if you guys don't take the role and make a tiktok then i'm never going to make one so <laughs> you guys i feel like i've low-key lost the window of opportunity to get into tiktok so if you guys are throwing in the towel then i will so don't throw in the towel because i kind of want to get into tiktok but it just feels like so much. Like people make it seem. Yeah, it's like we're a lot of director-level videos, and it's like I don't have the range, or even know yeah. how to, to do it. It's it's uh, one step at a time. Maybe we can conquer YouTube together. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes.
0: Well, <laughs> this has been fun. I cannot wait until I hop on you guys' show because I'm pretty yes. sure that will be equally as that needs fun. To happen and yes, we're congratulations gonna congratulations on almost one year thank I, you. I really you remember well. being one of the first instagram followers <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are really doing awesome things like i mentioned before at the top of the sh- at the top of our conversation if you guys um are interested in following um like live tennis scores there is a app called uh, live tennis and you can find notifications of the hold on to your racket podcast there and you can also find them wherever you listen to podcasts especially apple and spotify and google and they're an amazing podcast it is definitely the female gen z voices like you guys say that everybody should be hearing right now for sure
2: thank you thank you
0: no worries, and that's it. you guys um, stay with me so I can wrap up today's episode. Wasn't that a fun conversation, guys? Like listening to it back, I really enjoyed that, and thank you again to Josephina and Travia from Hold On to Your Racket for coming onto the show and having just good, organic, fun, light tennis conversation that was enjoyable to me and my home girls. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. It came to mind. Forgive me, y'all. I, I, I promise when I put this mic in front of my, my mouth, sometimes stuff just happens and you guys listen to it. And apparently you like it because you keep coming back to the show and you've got to this point in the podcast. So for that, I thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, if you've enjoyed what you've heard in today's episode, please do check us out on all social networks. Like I've said before, at Missing Pod. Subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new episodes. Review the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which does help us grow. Click on the podcast description for more information on how to support the podcast. There's a link in the podcast description that says buy me a coffee, where you can literally do what the link says, which is much, much, much appreciated. And don't forget to send us your questions. Like I've been teasing in prior episodes, there will be a podcast specifically for listener questions and my answers to those questions to celebrate the one year anniversary of missing the point with miles David. So uh, send us your questions or feedback or whatever you might think I want to talk about on the show to missing at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, please make sure to take care. Like I always say, or try to say at the end of each episode, mask up, get vaccinated. If you haven't already, Have a great week and take care. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.